and welcome to the Brown Sign Project podcast. I'm Carly. Hi, I'm Colton. Um, and today we've got joining us Dominic Wong. Hello, hi, great to be here. Dom, thank you so much for taking the time today to speak to us. Before we let you loose, we're going to give our listeners a quick introduction about you and what you do. So, Dominic is an award-winning marketing director. He was the first marketing director for Warner Brothers Studios Tour London, The Making of Harry Potter, Studio Tours in Hollywood, and also the Warner Brothers World in Abu Dhabi. He's worked on a number of different projects with Merlin Entertainment, including the launch of the UK's roller coaster called Stealth in Fort Park, Mantisworks Berlin, and also Marvel 4D experience at Mantisworks London. He's passionate about innovating new products within the tourist attractions industry, and we will be diving into that a little bit later. Yeah, before we get to the real questions, I've got some really not very deep questions in order to get to know you better. <laughs> um, so if we, we're going to go with this or that. So you don't really need to explain. If you want to explain, that's cool. Okay. But I'm going to choices. So <laughs> online shopping or going actually into the shop itself? Um, ooh, uh, I don't like shopping, so online shopping. Awesome. Amusement park or day at the beach? Oh, no, that's really difficult because I live on the beach. Uh, uh, well, I mean, the, then the obvious choice is day at the beach, right? Every yeah, day. I mean, I go on the beach every day, every day. Um, and I don't go to an amusement park every day. So I would say uh, it's a tough one. But I would say I'd have to go on the beach every day because it's nature, it's fresh air, it's good for your soul. Oh, yeah. And you go, go for a dip in the sea, particularly on a cold November day like today. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm good not never being awake. <laughs> wake up, I'm good. Uh, cool, ninjas or pirates? Uh, oh, pirates, because there's more history and excitement. Oh, okay. Uh, chocolate or caramel? Chocolate. Good Easy. choice. <laughs> uh, music or podcasts? Oh um podcasts ted talks ted talks are podcasts so yeah i'd say uh podcasts sweet um and work hard or play hard play hard <laughs> good job <laughs> excellent thank you i feel like that gave, that gives us a proper deep look into your soul obviously okay <laughs> whether you're an the reason why i say play hard is because we 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 uh, and we sometimes forget this when we're in our busyness that we work to live um, and we don't live to work. And I think, um, you know, we can get so caught up in stresses and emails and social media and, you know, kind of the pressures of, of outside that we often forget that the reason why we work is to play, you know, um, and, uh, you know, and, and you can get so caught up in, in, in your work life that you forget that the, the, the whole point of it is to enjoy your life. So that's why I think play is much more important than work. Yeah, definitely. And I think as an industry, we are, because we do generally have fun at work, you sort of forget sometimes that it is really actually work. <laughs> and yeah. so that's quite dangerous in some cases, I think. You, you sort of get so involved with it. And I think, you know, I, I, I totally agree. And I think when we think about our work or, you know, going into this particular industry of, uh, of, of theme parks and visitor attractions that really 
the, the reason why customers come to us is to have fun, is to be inspired, to be excited. You know, this isn't an industry where, you know, we're trying to sell insurance or pensions or, um, you know, or, or something which is more um, uh, kind of standard. People seek us out to have fun. And if we're not having fun in our jobs, then, you know, then it's not being reflected on, on the end user. And I think, you know, again, as, as we get into, you know, some of the questions we're, I'm sure you're going you're gonna to talk to me about in terms of careers is, you know, you can get bogged down in jobs. You can get bogged down with um, the nitty gritty, the politics, you know, the, the, the reports and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you just come back to the essence of why this industry exists, it's to have fun. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, totally agree. Um, so that leads me into our first question, Dominic. Um, and the first question is, in the world of Dominic, what does a normal day look like for you at the moment? Well, at the moment, uh, we're in lockdown. So um, things are a little bit different um, being at home. But um, I suppose what I've learned to do, you know, so I became self-employed about four years ago when I came back from Warner Brothers World in Abu Dhabi, um, was to... So, kind of because I've got a couple of children um, I wanted to make sure that I was there for them so this I think is a huge opportunity for so many people to recalibrate um, their lives and um, you know when you had to commute and when you're in the office and when you um, you know got one more email to do or one more uh, video conference or conference call to do you kind of forget that you've got a family back home <laughs> and uh, you can get home tired or you know kind of your brain's still in work mode and that's not fair on your family and, I, and and what you know since since I became self-employed and I think what's really been highlighted in the lockdown is that we've got this huge opportunity to have a much better life-work balance so the way I approach my normal day now is to segment segment my time into chunks so up until my boys go to school that is their time. I don't check my emails. I don't look at my phone. Um, I focus 100% on them. Then when they're at school, then I have a chunk of time to do my work, my emails, whatever I need to do. Chunk of time to have lunch. Um, and then a chunk of time before school pickup. And then after school pickup, I have a chunk of time, but it's completely flexible. I don't put anything in there. I don't, I, I kind of say to myself, I'm not going to look at my computer. I'm not going to set up a call or accept a call unless it's absolutely urgent and there's a deadline because then that gives me time to be there for my kids and, and for my wife. And, um, and yesterday actually was a perfect example of how that came to fruition. Um, my son called me. He's, he's in secondary school. He's had a bad day. Uh, he asked if I can go and pick him up. Absolutely. I've got my, my diaries blank for exactly those types of things. I picked him up. Um, we had a really good chat. Um, about how his day went and what was going on. Uh, we passed his, uh, a friend of his who's had a puncture in his, uh, on his bike getting home and he couldn't get home. So, you know, we took him home, put his bike in the car and gave him a lift home. Um, and I think, you know, those, those, that's the reason why I think I like to, so, you know, really organise my time. So then I have time for the important things because at work, you're totally away from your family life. You're totally away from relationships, which should be the, 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 the pure essence of, of what you're about. And, um, and, it, and it just it works really, really well. And, you know, if the kids, you know, do the homework or, you know, my, my youngest kid was doing arts and crafts, then I do have a bit of extra time to do stuff that I might need to do. But it's not, it's not, a, it's not a prerequisite um, 
so yeah, so to answer your question, uh, my normal day is, is, is set, set into chunks where I focus on work, but also give myself time and so, to focus on the important things. And what are, what are you working on at the moment? Can you share that with us? Is there any, any what's in the pipeline for Yeah, for so I'm, I'm moving myself very much into innovation um, and come, kind of coming up with new products. And I'm working with a, a, a innovation center in the New Forest, the new tourism or slash travel, travel app, which encourages people to explore their local areas more. Um, no it's, it's, as all apps are, they're disruptive and it's very, very exciting the way we're going with this and we're launching in a couple of weeks. So. Um, you know, very much within the tourism, but just kind of uh, refocusing my my skills and my passions into a different, slightly different area. Excellent. Yeah, interesting to. I mean, you know, I'm all about the the tech. That's definitely my uh, my avenue. So I'll be interested to see it when it happens. Um, and so thinking about kind of the the career that you've had, because you've worked in some really incredible attractions. Um, what was your most memorable day at work? What is the if you had to go back over your career and think that's the day that I would relive again, or maybe you would never, maybe you would never relive again. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, oh, wow. There's so many to, to, to think about. And I, and I think it's very easy to say the big high profile launches, um, like when the, the Harry Potter studio tour opened its doors, we had the red carpet launch, you know, that was a lot of work um, to get to the point of opening the doors. Um, and I took J.K. Rowling around on a private tour, um, you know, being one of the first people on, stel on the stealth roller coaster when we launched that at Thought Park. Those are hugely memorable, memorable, memorable days, you know, particularly because you work so hard to get to that point. But I, I have to say, for me, my most memorable days are when I'm creating something, you know, because I, I, I'm a very creative person. And, um, you know, I, I love photo shoots and video shoots. And I, I'm, my, my most memorable day was uh was in um los angeles when we were at the warner brothers studio tour um uh, lots uh you know on the warner brothers lot mm -hmm. and we were filming a video for a for the relaunch we're relaunching it or rebranding it to warner brothers studio tour hollywood mm -hmm. and uh, i tell you that day was it was uh it was the day i had most belly laughs and uh we did we just everything we did just we just burst into laughter um, and it was you know we were on the Warner Brothers lot where all these amazingly famous films were being created and we had lights we had crew we had cameras and um, we were and then the the, the, the the most memorable day of that whole uh, the memorable part of the whole weekend was um, we had everything set up we done the rehearsals and because I was kind of the creative director I said action so here I am on the Warner Brothers lot in a really famous, <laughs> iconic location, which you would recognise from any any of your any any TV program or film, um, and uh, and we had all the lights, we had all the actors, and then I shouted action, and just at that point, a tour cart came around the corner with some real tourists on it, <laughs> and, um, and and the whole kind of purpose about the Warner Brothers Studio tour is that you could see real stuff going on, you could see real filming, you could see famous people, and I felt so famous at that point because here, you know can you imagine these tourists coming around the corner hearing actions coming around and seeing all these lights this light, lights and cameras and everything and um and it just topped such an amazing weekend it was just so much fun um and wow. uh, and i think that was that was my most memorable day out of, out of many many yeah i bet there's not many people that can say they've said action on a warner brothers lot <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> I think a lot of people can say action, but when you when you've got all the equipment there, it just looks so yeah, yeah. impressive, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's 
a lot of people dreaming about that moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's fantastic. So, kind of during your career, you have, must have gained loads of skills and experiences. Um, so, what what we'd like to kind of ask you is, um, what skills do you think is important for people to try and think about developing for them to get into the industry? Um, yeah, I think uh, there's a couple of things uh, from me on that. Um, I, I think they're they're personality skills as opposed to hard skills. You know, um, I think you know. Being in a, in a tourist attraction, you are, you know, and what I love about being, you know, when I worked in a theme park or at, at Madame Tussauds or, or, or at the studio tour, was that you walk out of your office and your visitors are there right in front of your face. You know, this isn't, you know, you're making toothpaste and then, you know, the toothpaste goes on the supermarket and then, you know, you, you never see the customer basically. And, um, and, our, and the office at Thorpe Park was right in the middle of the park. So you could hear the music, you could hear the screams, you could hear the delight of all our visitors. And, um, and I think being so close to the operations, um, you know, meant that you were on the coalface. And I think one of the, the, the skills which I most admire, which I, you know, did a lot, particularly in my early days, was get my hands dirty, get involved. Um, you know, at Thorpe Park, I loved getting out behind my desk, um, going litter picking, you know, tidying up tables during the busy lunch times. Um, you know, or, you know, when I was at Studio Tour, you know, it starts stowing. You know, didn't even think twice, just grab a shovel and start, you know, shoveling snow to, to allow visitors in. Um, I, I think it just shows to other people that you'll do what's necessary, as, mm. as well as, you know, what it's like for our front of staff um, uh, employees to see what they do every day. And that can only build relationships. Um, so I, I think, you know, you know, get rid of your inhibitions and just kind of... Um, get up from your desk and just, you know, help out really. Uh, yeah. Get your hands dirty, get some, get some, and you learn so much more about your visitors, your customers. You learn so much more about the operation. Um, you know, what, what the pain points are, you know, where busy days are, you know, it's very difficult to learn all of that sitting in front of your computer. Um, and the other, the other skill I would say is just trust your gut, trust your gut instinct and, and be true to yourself. Um, I think when, when you're in it, when you're, when you're in the job, when you're in the corporate, particularly large corporate, um, you know, there's so many decisions, so many different opinions, lots of different influence. I think people respect you a lot more if you're, if you're true to yourself. Um, you know, if, if you're happy to be a yes person, if you're happy to sit back and just do what you're told, then, um, you know, that's fine. But I would really encourage you to kind of, you know, fight back if, if, if that's, if you'd feel uncomfortable with that and, and say no or, or, or um, you know, kind of express your opinion. And, you know, and, and, you know, particularly, you know, when I was in Abu Dhabi, uh, there was a lot of yes people and I felt uncomfortable with that. I felt uncomfortable being a yes person. Uh, I'm not the type of person to sit, put my feet on the desk and, and just, you know, uh, let it happen. I'd rather push against it and fight for what I, what I believe is right. So, um, you know, and, and I think people respect you a lot more for that. Yeah. And I think it's hard when you're in the initial kind of stages of your career to understand that actually your opinion is valid and that you, you really, if, especially if you're sitting in a room of quite senior people and you feel a little bit like, oh, you know, maybe these people have more experience than me or these people are, you know, further along in their careers or whatever it might be, is that actually in a visitor attraction, you all know as much as each other, really. Yeah. If you're spending time out with the guests, 
you probably know more about the guests than those people who, like you say, are more office bound, who don't get the time to be out there. So, you know, you, you have to know when's the time and the place to express yourself. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. I, yeah. I mean, you, you should be growing that as a, you know, to make yourself feel more confident. That, yeah, you know, you as long as you do it in a respectful manner, you know, um, you know, I, I, I don't think anybody would um, uh, kind of criticise you for, for giving your opinion. And you're absolutely right, you know, and I would say to my team uh, a lot, to say, you know, I don't have all the answers, you know, don't look at me for the answer all the time. You know, I might write a strategy or I might, a plan, I might write a plan or I might um, kind of say, look, this is what I think we, sh- we should do. It doesn't mean it's right. And, um, and, you know, it takes time sometimes, particularly for junior people to, to, to have the confidence to, to say, yeah, I agree I, or, or I don't agree. Um, but I think, you know, if, if you have that in your head, you know, right from the beginning, I think you're, you know, you're going to serve yourself really, really well. You know me, I like, I, I'm a, a big, big believer in people expressing themselves and expressing their opinions at work. It's one of my real passions um, yeah. and I want to do it so I get a bit. And, and, I, and I suppose this comes back, you know, we can get very philosophical about this, but, you know, at school, we're, we're kind of trained not to, you know, we're yeah. kind of, we're kind of um, uh, trained to be submissive, you know, don't put your hand up, don't talk, don't do this, don't do that. We're, we're not really taught what we should do. And, um, and I think listening to ourselves um, is such an important skill, which uh, we're not taught you know, yeah. and, um, and what we want to do, you know, what I try to do in my teams is foster an, an environment, a culture where you can say respectfully, I don't, don't think I agree with you there. Yeah. And I'm yeah. totally fine with that, you know, and, and I suppose it's different. You have to, to judge it on the type of person, you know, who you're working with. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, particularly in this day and age, particularly with um, you know, the amount, amount of fake news, you know, everyone pretending to, everybody thinks they're an expert. Mm. You know, sometimes you know just pushing against it just gently might might just um might might just have the answer um so yeah, yeah and i think yeah sorry thinking in combating that kind of everyone's an expert mentality that actually when you start to crowdsource information you know when you do say okay well there's 10 of us in this room let's get 10 people's opinions that really does start to break down that you know well I'm doing this because this is what I believe in. Well, actually, if you have 10 people in the room, then think about what those 10 people want and that you're, you're much more likely to come to the truth than you are to have one person sort of leading the charge, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on the back of that then, what do you, um, obviously you've had a, a really great and varied career in, in terms of skills, et cetera, but do you have any top tips for self-development and progression? So, you know, getting from one of those jobs to the next? Yeah, um, I think, um, you know, the, the, the last point was really valid in terms, you know, f- for self-development is listen to other people, you know, uh, outside of your echo chamber, actually, you know, if, if you, you know, your social media feed, you cur- curate the people that you want to listen to, and they're saying the same things as you. Um, you know, in the industry, we have lots of conferences and lots of, um, you know, trade shows, and I felt uh, that I was saying the same things over and over again or, or hearing the same words over and over again. And, and that is, a, you know, the best example of an echo chamber where you're, you're hearing the same things. And sometimes the best things to do is to hear opinions from outside of the echo chamber. Um, yeah. When I moved to Bournemouth, um, when I came back from Abu Dhabi, uh, I set up a networking event um, called the Beach Walk and Talk where <laughs> 
surprise, surprise, walk up and down the beach <laughs> talking. <laughs> um, and uh, and great, I met. Great name. Great name, <laughs> um, and I and I met so many people who were uh, were outside who I'd never would have spoken to before. Um, you know, authors, inventors, uh, life coaches. Um, you know, all sorts of t- people who who would never who I've never crossed paths with really, and talking about business, and um, and some sometimes just having a little bit of a different angle on things just changes things completely and and that's one of the successes of the walk and talk we've been running it for four years now is that um sometimes people have a really difficult conundrum in their head or a problem or an issue and rather than kind of beat themselves up in front of their uh, computer all day they actually get out you know and kind of Sometimes airing it, getting it off your chest helps so much. But then having somebody who is non-competitive, somebody who doesn't know you at all, somebody with no judgment might just go, well, have you thought about that? And there's been so many times this walk and talk when people went, oh, yeah, why not just think of that? You know, and, um, and you know, other people's experiences is, are much more valuable than the experiences you have. Um, and I think... And, you know, going very deep, deep again, I think this is one of the big problems we have uh, with um, lack of diversity in senior management positions within, uh, well, you know, not just the tourism industry, but all, all across um, the country, yeah. the world, really, that we're not listening to different voices. Um, and I think that's not good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so speaking, listening to other people and, you know, TED Talks and podcasts uh, are really good ways of listening to other people, other people's opinions. And since lockdown, I've been listening to a, TED, a different TED, TED talk every day. And um, what I tried to do was not choose topics which, um, which interest me. I tried to choose topics which I would never, never in a million years would have um, chosen just to hear a different opinion, just to hear something different. So I think that would be my, my, uh, my first um, kind of top tip for self-development. Yeah, go out and sort of listen to other voices and the, the not necessarily the people that. Yeah, and I think it, interestingly, I was having a conversation with somebody recently about a project, and I weren't in the project. I'm sure lots of people know my my feelings about certain things. Um, <laughs> but we were, we were discussing a project, and and she's the, my friend said, "Oh, but you know, but it'll be really popular. Everyone we know goes to theme parks." <laughs> and I said, yeah. "Yeah, think about the people that we know, though." you know you're not talking about the general population of course we know lots of people that go to theme parks both of us have worked in theme parks yeah. <laughs> you know you, you you really are blinded by a lot of the the people sitting around you and their experience i think yeah getting out and hearing different opinions is definitely the way forward and do you know what that's just jolted the memory for me i won't i won't say which organization i was working for the time, <laughs> yeah but... we're not naming names <laughs> yeah we uh so it was in it was in the conference room and uh and we our research came back and it, or, or visitor numbers came back or something and it said um we weren't we weren't getting enough families so the gm who was single brought us in and there was uh, the, the gay head of marketing. There was the single GM. There was me and the, the, this other guy who were both single at the time. Right. How do we get families? And I looked around the room and I was thinking, we are probably the worst people <laughs> to figure out how to entice <laughs> families into this attraction. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just don't have the expertise in your, in your, in your arsenal, right? You need to go and find other people. 
yeah <laughs> oh gosh that's fantastic yeah. um i was going to say um talking about kind of networking i think that's i think that's really really important for um people to start doing if they haven't started to do that already um yeah. something that i've joined is lunch club i don't know if you've guys heard of it um and it's kind of like a one-to-one um networking session um it's, it's like speed dating but for networking um yeah. Yeah, but it's not dating, but it's just like you get to meet loads of random people. And for me, it's been, as you mentioned, Dominic, it's just been eye-opener just speaking to like doctors, solicitors, um, architects, and just getting their different versions of, of the world and perspectives that um, I would not have seen working in my industry. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Get out there, get ne- networking, get learning and learning from other people so brilliant yeah. brilliant advice on that one um, and what just, i say about networking is there are loads and loads of networking events hundreds even and um you can get overwhelmed by it and um and that's you know kind of where the walk and talk came from uh you know i you know, when i moved down to bournemouth i didn't know anyone um and you know i wanted to start networking and making contacts and uh, i tried a few and um some of them you know were were not good um, and I thought, right, well, what do I want out of this? So hence why I, I created this walk and talk. So with networking events, you have to kiss a lot of frogs and see which one works best for you. Yeah, and I think in some cases, what what works for you for maybe a certain job that you're doing, because, you know, maybe it's a, a more of a sales networking thing and, and you're working in sales at that point, and that makes sense. But actually you know for you personally you might want to do something totally different I've always had um I moved a lot and I think probably all of us have that experience of we've moved a lot for work because that's the nature of the beast and so whenever I turned up at a new town you'd have like you said when you come to Bournemouth how do you meet people how do you find people and 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 recently I've been when I've moved to new towns I've always joined the park run and started volunteering and starting getting to know people in their park run community and totally you know not related to work or whatever but actually through that I've met some people who then have have gone on to work with or I have gone on to so it's not always about you know just because you work in this tiny piece of the industry don't network just with those people because that that's not really where you you make the, the the big connections finding people outside of that circle is a really good way of working as well yeah and, and that's the thing you know we can get so um, caught up in our job title or our industry that we forget that it's the person that we are, um, that, uh, that, that we can work with people. Um, you know, you have skills which uh, are transferable. Uh, you have qualities which are transferable. You know, um, having a sense of humour doesn't mean that you can only work in one particular industry. Um, so, you know, you never know. You never know where things are going to go, when, yeah. where things are going to lead to. But also talking about vital skills for our industry, I would suggest a sense of humour is one of them. <laughs> well, it comes back to fun, you know. You've got to have a smile on your face if you're on a roller coaster, you know. You're not going to look grumpy. Oh, I would look grumpy if you put me on a roller coaster, but that's <laughs> a different story. Carly, Carly, you're missing out. You're absolutely missing out. No. Um, <laughs> um, Dominic, I want to step back just a little bit. I'm just kind of focus on the self-development part. Yeah. So for people who kind of want to start getting involved in industry, is there any kind of like online courses do you think that they can start kind of developing and doing to kind of boost up their CV in the current climate that we have where we can't actually do any face-to-face kind of training or that kind of stuff? Um, I'm not aware of any online courses and that's because I'm not looking for them, I think, or haven't, haven't come across them. 
Well, I um, guess your, I, TED, your TED talks are probably gearing you in some way. Yeah. Again, you know, I, I think um, uh, it's it's kind of getting out there, really. And mm. and the, the best experience you can have is work experience. Um, I think uh, you can do as many courses, you can do as many exams, exa um, exams and essays as you as you can do. But until you're kind of there in front of somebody, mm. you know, welcoming people and uh, saying hello or saying goodbye or um, kind of, you know, putting your thumb up to say that, you know, every security checks are in place, then uh, I kind of think that the work experience trumps online courses, um, particularly in our industry. Um, so uh, I'm, I, the answer is no. Um, I, I don't know of any online courses that I could be doing in the meantime. I think it's, it's, it's yeah, learning as much as you possibly can. Mm. Um, but then it's just getting out there and putting your feet on the, on the ground, rolling your sleeves up and helping out. And I think, you know, this is probably another um, uh, tip I would give for uh, self-development is that, you know, when you go into a job, you have a, uh, you'll have a job description. Um, and yes, you're going to be targeted and, you know, and, and have to do certain works, but I, I kind of think, you know, get involved in areas that aren't within your specific remit. Um, you know, kind of, as, as we've talked about before, go and meet other people in different departments. Um, there's so many things which you can influence in a culture and an organization, whether it's a theme park or not, um, which, uh, in which you can develop yourself. So some of the, the, the people that have progressed the most that I know of are people who have, done things outside of their job description and that's because of networking that's because of getting involved and showing willing uh that could be as simple as you know starting up a running club or it could be you know influencing the the, the culture or you know putting together a team you know to to sort of fight a particular issue um and i think the more the more you can think outside of your job description um then i think the more um willing people are to know who you are you know and, and find out who you, who you are um and i think in terms of progression you know yes you can you can hit your targets yeah you can do amazing piece of work but i actually think it's the intangible softer stuff which gets you noticed mm. i think volunteering plays a massive part as well especially these days when there's not a lot of jobs out there so i think if people can kind of just get out and try and do some um unique voluntary experiences kind of like maybe even that join the st john's ambulance and maybe become a first aider um that potentially might help help out as well um i think maybe like regarding like online courses like maybe kind of do like basic customer service so you just ha kind of have the the basic understanding of how to look after people and how to kind of deal with problems and solutions um so i i think that they'll be quite quite good to as, yeah. a, as a beginner uh, for for people um, yeah. Not, so, as I'm saying, and not underestimating other experience. So, like you said, Dom, if if you actually getting experience is really useful, and whether that ex, you know you might have an idea that you want to work in a museum or you want to work in a specific type of attraction, but actually the the way I got into to tourist attractions was I I worked in retail through my university course. And then I went and worked in retail in, in Manchester Swords, which is where I you know, met you guys. And so then you go, okay, well, the, nothing about my background got me a job at Madame Tussauds other than the fact I'd already worked in retail. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you, know, you have to be able to see those skills as transferable. And those skills are always transferable, regardless of where you pick them up. I think you're totally right. Yeah. And volunteering is a great idea. As you said, particularly in this, this 
uh, the circumstances we find ourselves in because there are a lot of vulnerable people out there. Um, I'm, I do, uh, I volunteer at the food bank at the moment. And yeah, some of the stories that come out of there are, are crazy, you know. Um, but going back to, to the cafe, to volunteering in, in cafes, stuff, I think everybody, everybody should work for a short period of time in the service industry, in a cafe oh. or a pub or so, just so you know that you don't want to be treated like people treat you. Yes. <laughs> you know? I, I think we should do it. It's almost like a replacement national service. Like you don't have to join the army. <laughs> you do have to work in like your yeah. local, I don't know, boots or weather spoons or whatever. Like you definitely yeah. need to go and spend a couple of Saturdays just, yeah, being yelled at by someone because you don't have the right sausage rolls or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. The, exactly. Uh, building yeah. experience. <laughs> and there's, I can't remember the exact quote, but somebody said something like, uh, you, you can tell the character of somebody based on how they treat the waiter or waitress. It's, yeah. it's Sirius Black. You just quoted oh, Warner Brothers. Oh my God, John. Warner Brothers, you just quoted, I'm pretty sure it's Sirius. Um, no, it's, it's Dumbledore, I lie. Well, there um, we go. Yeah. The Harry Potter connection there. Harry Potter connection. See, it's, it's got into your brain. It's engaged, <laughs> yes, and it's embedded. <laughs> I didn't realise, but it was in there. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thank you so much for that, for that information. Um, so this is our last question we're going to ask you. And um, it's, I think it's the biggest question. Um, and it's the <laughs> best career advice you've received in your career. What was that? And how has that kind of changed you and, and your perspective? Um, it was my my very first boss when I was at Capital Radio, and um, and his whole philosophy was go against the grain. Um, you know, he was a bit of a maverick. Uh, came up with some very zany, you know, crazy ideas, uh, which got him into a bit of, a bit of trouble. But that stayed with me, uh, I think, throughout my whole career. And I think that's maybe why I'm kind of really wanting to move into innovation because I want to go against the grain. I want to disrupt. I want to change things. I want to come up with new things. Um, and, you know, the general manager when I was at Madden Sea Swords, you know, was probably at the, the, other, the far end of the, of the crazy spectrum. <laughs> Some of the things he did was, um, was insane. But, you know, they all, they all, you know, they stood out. And, you know, and that's what, you know, we're in a very crowded world and, and you know, we need to stand out. Um, so I try to keep it a mantra in a lot of the things I do. Um, some people, organizations don't like that. You know, they don't want to go against screen. That's fine. Pick and choose uh, when you do it. And it's a risk. You know, going against the grain is is the opposite of, of what we talked about before at school of suppression and obedience. And um, sometimes it works. You know, sometimes it doesn't. If you don't push the boundaries, and you know, if, if people don't look up, then it's meh. So my, my mantra is very much go against the grain. Excellent. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm definitely uh, in that camp. I think we we spend a lot of our lives being, like you say, being told, this is how to behave and don't do that and you know sit down be quiet whatever and actually that's not how the world works really you know yeah. if we all just sat down there'd be you know think of all the amazing especially technological advances that we've had in the, the you know most recent past and that's they're not created by people sitting down and doing as they're told and keeping the status quo you have to really push the boundaries and and especially in a in a creative role in the industry, that's your purpose, is to push the boundaries, to think about doing things that people haven't done before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at all the tech startups, you know, that are famous right now, you know, if you were, if you are kind of more cautious and said, oh, I don't know, I don't want to do Uber because it might upset the taxi drivers, you know, um, 
there's so many examples of that where you know someone being a little bit bold and you don't have to be crazy you don't have to be you know but just just being a little bit bold being a little bit brave um having confidence in yourself um could could make or break and um and i think uh and i think just just thinking outside the it's such an overused phrase thinking outside the box um but particularly in the creative industries particularly in marketing particularly in theme parks, you know, again, we want people to have fun. Let's not forget that. How do we, how do we push the boundaries to make people have fun? Yeah, absolutely. And so actually, and I have, I, I know we said it was our last question, but I'm going to pull this one out because I think you've obviously traveled a fair bit and you've seen a few things. And I, my own sort of personal question is what, what is the, the best ride experience, whatever it might be that you've, you've been on? What have you, what have you had? Where did you go? Because I'm just thinking about that, thinking outside the box. Actually, I've been on certain rides or and just thought I could never have imagined this. Uh, yeah, I, there, there's two things. One, um, the Cars ride at Disney was mm -hmm. is just phenomenal. You know, the level, the attention to detail, to the theming, to the ambience, to the atmosphere, to the humour, you know, capturing the humour of the film. And the ride, the ride was actually secondary, you know, to all of that. You know, you go for the ride, but when I went there to Cars Land, everything, it was just, it was just perfection. Um, and I, I think in terms of out of the box, uh, the vertical gardens of Singapore are just, you know, whoever thought about that. And in fact, Carlton, I think I saw something, did you post something today, the whale? Yeah, I did. Oh, I mean, that just looks phenomenal. And that's out, you know, who, who would have thought to, to create a, a an attraction or a museum in the Arctic Circle that you could look at whales, um, you know, in the shape of a whale and everything. So I think, um, so, so my, the two that spring to mind are cars at Disney, because that's such a wow, and the vertical yeah. gardens in Singapore, where it's just, you know, so impressive, so impactful, and so right <laughs> for this day and age, where you've got a tourist attraction, which, which is green, and, you know, and, uh, you know, um, helps the environment. I think um, the, I would say those two things. Excellent. Thank you very much. Dom, thank you so much for taking the time to answer our deep questions about the tourist attractions industry and also sharing your experiences with us. So if you want to find out more about Dominic, where can we find you online? Yeah, sure. So my website is dominicwongmarketing.co.uk. Uh, I'm, I'm in LinkedIn, uh, as everybody should be, uh, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really go onto Facebook and Twitter uh anymore i'm i'm kind of there's too much negativity in those two places so i, I tend to steer well, well away from that so yeah uh or you can find me you know when the theme parks start opening and the business attractions the museums start opening i'll be there and we we can find you on a walk and talk we can definitely come and join you on one of those you can 100 percent join us on a walk and talk get some fresh air sea breeze and meet some interesting people and hear their journeys and, and the thing about the walk and talk is we don't talk about uh, you know, it's not sales mission. It's not like, do you want to buy a website or do you want to buy my services? It's much more beneath the bonnet of the, of the business and um, kind of understanding people's journeys, people's passions, um, why they did it in the first place. And that's what interests me and that's what really inspires me because it's it's the human behind the, the business, which, which is most important because that's going to endure. You know, and, you know, a, a lot of your listeners are going to be, you know, taking jobs, starting businesses, doing their own thing. And sometimes they're going to work, sometimes they're not going to work. doesn't matter, you know, fail, fail, fail. You know, that would be my advice. Fail, 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 because if you don't fail, you don't learn. And you don't understand who you really are. 
Um, and uh, I think, uh, you know, I've had a, a couple of um, businesses which haven't done too well. And I think it's probably the, the most learning I've ever had in my life. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. All right, thank you for inviting me. Good luck with it all. Thank you. Thanks, Tom.